What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of Chap and Teach. Take me back to the 90s. So let's dial it up and get back to the decade that everybody loves the best, the 90s. Guys, we're back. We made it to the 90s. We all made it safe. You guys feel okay? Any any disorientation? A little bit. A little, little bit. A little foggy. A little, little all over the place, but we're here. Chap, you know, I think I, I think I'm a lot closer to the 90s than you guys are as far as my age goes, so I'm still pretty good. I'm a little closer. I feel better about it. Oh, my Lord. Well, welcome back, guys. It's been a couple weeks. Let's talk about that for a minute, Chap. We had to take a couple weeks off of the show. Uh, mostly, well, week the first week was my fault. Uh, my internet was bad like i felt like i was living in the 90s with the dial-up speeds i was getting that night uh mine was poor planning uh but yes you had the technical difficulties you had the uh internet issues out there in tipton that can happen uh mine was more poor planning for the fact of my wife had this uh this big fancy dinner for work and i did not make the connection for thursdays and on wednesday i told you i couldn't do it uh yeah but you know what i love you so it's okay I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, you're welcome, man. Uh, we have a guest tonight. I'm really excited to have a guest tonight. Uh, we got, well, I'll let you introduce yourself. I call him Doc Walk or Dr. Walker, but I'm going to let him introduce himself. Go ahead. Tell us a little about yourself, Doc. AKA Doc Walk here. No, I'm just playing. My name is Kyrie Walker, Dr. Kyrie Walker, current uh, assistant professor at Ball State University in sport administration. Uh, it's my fourth year here living in Muncie, Indiana. I'm living America's dream right here. Just letting you know the the most beautiful part of Indiana, right here in Muncie. Um, originally from Virginia Beach, Virginia, that's what I call home. Uh, played college football at Elon University in uh, Burlington, North Carolina. And I got my master's and my PhD at Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So a little Cajun, little East Coast surfer, and now living the dream in the Midwest. So uh, is it I have a, oh. a lot of things going on. Is it on. true you have to end every uh, lecture with chirp, chirp? When I'm trying to make a point, absolutely. Because when you're going chirp, chirp, that means they're taking you seriously. Uh, but some students just stare regardless. But uh, at the same time, I, I still throw in a little go Tigers. You know, down in Louisiana, we spell go G-E-A-U-X. Don't ask. I, I can't tell you why. We just do. And <laughs> uh, students don't understand it. But it usually gets a pretty good, uh, a good, some good laughter or some judgment as well. Because they don't understand the Cajun lifestyle. It's not for everybody. I uh, I used to watch what, what was that show on Discovery where they shot the, the gator hunters or swamp hunter? What was? It? You know what I'm talking about? Do you remember that? Show? It was like in the late swamp people. Swamp people. Swamp people. Right. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch that. Is that is that anything close to what it's like living down there? In the in the swamp areas, yes. Louisiana is ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous place. Um, just because you'll see a little bit of everything. Like it is. You know, they call it a melting pot, but in Louisiana, they call it gumbo, a jambalaya, where it's just a mixture of people that different dialects, uh, different outlooks on life. You know, the volume of anyone is just loud. Like you, there's no speaking softly in Louisiana. Just if you're going to say anything, you better say it with authority or you're going to get ignored. But well, let's, um, let's talk about Louisiana because you have uh, Bourbon Street and Mardi Gras, like the biggest party. And then you have Ed Ogeron leading the Tigers. And that guy, you could barely understand a word that comes out of his mouth. But I love him. I would follow him to the end of the earth. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was partial to Les Miles. Les Miles is my guy. Uh, Ed Orgeron, uh, you know, he got a national championship there. So the statue will probably come very soon. And, you know, he speaks the language of Louisiana. Uh, he spits. Louisiana, so he spits. <laughs> he's loved. No, he spits all over the place. He's, he's ridiculous. But you mentioned Bourbon Street, New Orleans. That's it's a big part. It's one of the most beautiful, nastiest, dirtiest, smelliest places that you will just love and want to continue to go back to. It makes absolutely no sense. I have no idea why so many people want to experience that over and over again, but they do. And Mardi Gras is a ridiculous experience, but it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's a lot to deal with, but people love it. I don't know why. Obviously we won't talk about that here because we got to be professional, but tell me you got some crazy nights. Tell me there's some stuff. (laughs) I'm the most boring human being in the world. Listen, I, I'm all about food. That's why Louisiana, New Orleans was my place, man. I, it was just food. And then, you know, I would walk down Bourbon Street and just like, wow, these people are ridiculous. Restaurant. Yes. Let's go get some beignets for the third time in like three hours. Yes. And that's why we follow each other. Sports and food. That's why me and him are going to be simpatico. Listen, yes. I'm going to tell you, I met Doc Walk through an esports event that Ball State was putting on. And ever since we met, my friend, it has been aw- like we have the best time on Twitter together. Like, yeah. w- like we have so much fun, and we goof off. It's it's nonstop memes and yeah. gifts, just goofing off with each other. Yeah. But uh, he just found out last week, chap, that I'm a Raiders fan. That was the first first strike of first our, strike uh, <laughs> of our relationship because you know I was a San I am a San Diego Chargers fan. No, you I'm can still say trying was. to get. Trying to get to the LA, uh, but eh, my wife eh. was a Chargers fan, and she will not cheer for them now that they've moved. It's to LA. hard. It's so hard to. But with the Raiders, one of my um, former suits that I had at LSU, Foster Moreau, he's the backup tight end for the Raiders. That's the only reason that I'll you know give him a little bit of a cheer. Listen, but outside of that, hey, I, know, even though they beat the Chiefs, so uh, yeah, I won money on that one. I bet you did. I don't want to listen. I don't want this to turn into a sports podcast, but like I, I love the Raiders because Bo Jackson, my, I didn't even watch football until Bo Jackson because I was a Royals fan. Like chap will tell you, and you know, I'm a diehard Royals fan. So Bo Jackson's my guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy to have. I'll, I'll let you have that. All right. Bo knows. He, Bo does know. Bo knows. All right. So we got a good idea for, for who Doc is. I'm glad to have him here. Let me ask you a couple questions real quick, Doc. How old no. were you? Or ball? You don't have to give us the exact years, but ballpark, where were you in the 90s? I was a baby, man. I was, I was a baby. I was born in 89. Were you really? Oh, oh man. So I grew up. I grew up in the 90s. Okay. So, okay. Um, so that's why I, well, it was funny because, you know, as we started some preliminary conversation, I was looking at some of your tweets and I was just looking at some of the music selections. And I was like, oh, well, I have none of those. So yeah. I'm very excited to showcase what. Uh, I'm 86. So you and I are closer than I thought. Yeah. He's the old man. John's the one man. who's like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm a young, I'm a young one. That's cool. I'm cool with it. Uh, so. So you're going to bring a different perspective from the various places you were at the time. That's cool. We love hearing that. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I let's talk real quickly about the, the, the theme of the show. I think this was a hard show for, I mean, like I'm super excited about it. I don't know about y'all. I'm pumped about this show. Talking music in the 90s, talking music in general, like is one of my favorite things. Like music, games, cars, uh, and sports are like my, my top four things in the world. 
But uh, like, our goal tonight was to find the top ten albums for us that kind of defined the decade or made us who we were. Not the defi- no, let's, yeah, I want to reward that, Craig. Find the top ten albums that defined you in the '90s. I guess is the better. Yeah, way to say like it. what was the most influential? Because you can all look at the top 100 albums of the sure. '90s, and a lot of them generally are the same. Yes. The same top 20. But let's be honest. Like me and Doc. Okay, just to preface this, you know, Tupac and Biggie were a little before me. I didn't get into them till I was in high school. So like right. 2000 and on, I got introduced to like Eminem when I was like 12 years old. So like that that's where the rap started to come on for me. But mm-hmm. for guys like you, John, you had more of the NWA. You had the Chronic. You had all that. I, so yeah. you, <laughs> you had the stuff. No, 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 no. Whether you listen to that or not, but yeah. you had that stuff. I didn't get exposed to that stuff till I was in high school. Oh, so fair. it's like. What what introduced me to that culture or different kinds of culture and music? Right. My list is going to be very humorous for you, I think. There's a wide range. I have a feeling I think we're that... going to compete then because I just looked at my list a second ago and I was like, Whew, yeah, I, be... I'm afraid y'all are going to hear my list and be like, who's that? Because I was in. Exactly. I mean, I tried to be diverse and like I tried. I had to leave some stuff off that I was really mad about having to leave off. But I, I was trying to like I have a very diverse musical taste. Like if I'm being very honest, I listen to almost everything. The only thing you won't yep. find on my list of music I listened to in the '90s is country, because I did not listen to country at all in the '90s. Uh, but I, I have a lot. So I had to leave off some things just to try and represent different genres. I wasn't the biggest rap fan. Uh, I listened to it some, but I've, I've got a lot of. Uh, if you guys know who some of these people are, I'm going to be surprised. See, here's the thing. Growing up as a white kid in northern Indiana, trust me, I had to discover hip-hop on my own. My parents weren't blasting that stuff in the car. I had to find it on my own. So with that being said, like, you know, I don't know about you, Doc, but did you miss the grunge? Because I wasn't into grunge at all. Nirvana doesn't do anything for me. Alice in Chains, like none of those guys do anything for me because I was like five years old. Like that music wasn't my scene. Well, that's the crazy thing is that Growing up, you know, lived in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So the schools I went to, the kids I hung out with, that music was actually uh, very frequent. That's why I feel like in this conversation, I have, it's it's all over the place, man. Um, just because, you know, I moved towards the end of the 90s back to Louisiana. So I have a little bit of everything. And I think as you were mentioning, just talking about my parents, when it was Saturday morning and it was time to clean up the house, it didn't matter. The playlist got played. So it was rap, R&B, uh, a little bit of rock, a little bit of everything, just because that's how we were raised. My mom just taught us how to just love music, find the, mm-hmm. mainly the beat. The beat is the big thing in our, right. in our household. You know, the lyrics can be all over the place, but which they tend to be, especially today. But at that time, if it had a really good beat and you could just vibe to it, oh. How would so your good. mom feel about WAP? Believe it or not, uh, my mom loves the song WAP. Okay. Uh, it was very, so when the song came out, I actually sent it to her. And I was like, hey, uh, watch this video and listen to the lyrics. And then I called her back. And then like for four days straight, every time I called her, she would just say a line from it. That's how she'd answer the phone. That's, okay. My mom, if she heard the song WAP, she would go to church and say a couple prayers for me. Nope. My like, mom is the reason with some of the music that we're about to on this list. That's that was the that was the key. That's what got everything going. Just that is and awesome. she's ridiculous. My mom yeah. has like the soul of a, a, a young 20, 21 year old. She just when it comes to music, she just loves all of it, no matter how ridiculous it is. So 
that, that's where I get kind of, I'm jealous for the fact that you got to bounce around because you got all, you got exposed to a lot of different cultures. Whereas John and I, we really didn't right. because I mean, I, for me growing up, it was my parents listened to eighties music. So up until I could get like my own discman or my own chance to correct, to touch a radio, like that's what I had. And so right. to get exposed to all this other stuff, I was like, Holy cow. Like, this is crazy. Yes. Yeah, no, it's, it's insane. Like, it was just moving around was crazy because being a military brat, my dad was in the Navy for like 28 years, just going from place to place. That one constant was music though. Like just, you know, for me, carrying the CD player, carrying the cassette player with the headphones and just forgetting about everything. Let me ask you, do you think that made it easier moving? Because music I think is the universal language where you could always find somebody. You could always find a place to fit in based off your musical taste. So did mm -hmm. that make it easier for you bouncing around? Like you always found a spot that you could fit in? Absolutely. I remember when we moved from uh, Virginia back to Louisiana and I remember riding the bus to school, I would always have on my CD player with my headset. And I remember that's how I met one of my first friends. It was just, hey, what you're listening to? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm listening to corn or something like that. And that just would start conversations. So. Corn was it, on my, my uh, honorable mentions list, but it's it's there. It's okay. Like, we'll get into it. yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it uh, real quick. Let's talk about what were the criteria you guys use uh, when making your list. I'll tell you real quick on mine. Like it had to be an album that I listened to repeatedly. Uh, it had to be something that like I have strong memory connections with. And um, th th that was basically my top two. And I want like, again, I wanted to have a diverse representation of my musical taste. So I, I couldn't go with all one genre. I mean, I probably, if I went my actual top 10, I would have like, one genre but i tried to not do that so what were your guys uh when you were making this go ahead doc you go first uh for me i just you know i went to my um i went to my storage unit and i actually when i went to my storage unit i uh hit up gamer teach and i was just like this is yeah. insane and i just found a box of cds and what i did was i just started looking at the cds and going back as in which one got played religiously like which one got played where it was just like if i was in a mood or anything like that and it was actually crazy because then I started thinking of what were some of the first concerts I went to um, when we had dances at school, what were the songs that would just get me going? And then being an athlete as well, when I was playing sports, even when I was younger, what would my dad put on the stereo before a baseball game or a basketball game to get me hyped up? So all of those things kind of took everything into consideration. So what was your first concert? I'm going to save that because that's actually... Okay, okay, okay. That's on my list, so. Mine's on my it's, list too. That's fair. Yeah. It's a fire one. It's going to it's going to shake some heads here. Okay, I'm excited. Uh, for for me, it was definitely like I, I was thinking of a lot of songs, but for it to be an album, you know, there had to be things that I was continuously playing. So that eliminated a lot of stuff for me. Uh, I, I I remember back when MTV played music videos. I remember watching TRL after school. The things that made a connection to me, mm -hmm. and I just it's basically a time capsule. Like yeah. I, I remember, you know, uh, some of my stuff is, I remember just riding in the car with my dad. Uh, and then I remember things like, you know, related to sports and whatnot. So it was really just kind of going through. And I still have a lot of this music on like my Google play. So I was scrolling through just to kind of knock the cobwebs off a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, 
I ended up like making a longer list than I anticipated. I was like, ah, this won't be that hard, but no, like I made a pretty good list, had to knock her down a bit. And it was really just a walk down memory lane, which is one reason I enjoy doing the show. Yeah, it was, it was tons of fun. I did the same thing as doc. I, uh, I went and got my storage unit of CDs out, which is hilarious because I actually, when I got my car, I mean, you guys know I got a nineties car. I'm not going to, not to go into it detailed, but, uh, (laughs) I got my night. So I actually made a CD wallet. And I keep it oh, in yes. the car now. So I'm in my 90s car with my CD's wallet. It is beautiful. It's only right. Um, it's only so right. Here, here's the thing, too. And I, I'm surprised this isn't more with you, Doc, like it is with me. So being the younger that we are, like, I didn't have a whole lot of CDs because I didn't have a job. So, right. But mm-hmm. once, like, Napster and LimeWire and stuff dropped, I was burning my own CDs. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't buying albums. I was literally just burning CDs and stuff like that. Yep. So, and then that's short lived because mm-hmm. then the iPod shows up and I just put everything on there. Yep. Let me, I, yep. Well, I want to, I want to hit on that a minute. Cause I was talking with my brother. Cause I was, you know, he knows me really well when we were talking about this, he's really into music. And we, we were saying that, you know, about the end of the nineties that the art of the album kind of went away. Cause everybody was just downloading single songs. They weren't listening yep. to, full-on albums uh so like that's something i miss i miss the fact that an album was a was an experience you know i'll tell you what though i think that made music better because there were a lot of albums that if we can be honest were i mean there's a lot of fluff on that you put the one single out on an album and the rest of the songs could be jank but once they started doing this other stuff sorry messed up my view there oh uh, I, I flipped you guys i don't know what happened <laughs> sorry Sorry, it was I, me. I hit, I hit my wrong button. I could fix it. Uh, We're good. But no, I think once Napster and LimeWire and all that stuff happened, it almost forced artists to be like, okay, they just want the one song. Let's make the album worth it. Let's actually, you know, put some more effort into it. And I actually think that helped. Uh, yeah. That could just be my, my opinion or whatever. But I remember having a lot more albums after that than I did before. Like just looking at albums from the 90s to today, albums used to be 15, 16 songs, right? And they were, it was more, I felt not to be the old guy here, but I felt like there was more storytelling yep. uh, with music at that time in comparison to today where, you know, it's important to have that single or that hit two, two or three singles. But I've seen CDs with eight or nine songs today. And it's just like, that's become the new normal. So uh, I think that's a valid point in talking about, you know, how it's changed. But I think, you know, artists have definitely, they're trying to put the best of the best. There's no like little fluff songs that are just like, all right, we're just going to throw this on here to take space, which we definitely saw more of. In the no, I, I like what you said too. Cause I remember like some people still do it, but a lot of albums used to flow really well. Yes. And like your first track, they all got a little connected. They all kind mm-hmm. of, or there'd be callbacks from song yep. seven to song two. Like, I mean, that was cool. Like I, I'm with you on that. You still see that a little bit. Um, but I don't think that's nearly as much of a focus as it was back in the seventies and eighties. Right. I think that kind of started to fade in the nineties. Yeah. I, I think to, to go back to what you were saying about how music got better chap, I think that that was how you could tell the great artists from just the okay artists. Is if, they, if they could put out a good album, like a full on album, like this wasn't nineties, but I mean, I remember when Lincoln parks, uh, hybrid theory came out, man, that whole album, I was driving to, to my classes at IU and I listened 20 to years ago, by the way, I don't, yeah, I know. Uh, driving my classes at IU and like every single song hit the first time I heard it and like that doesn't happen very often like so that was a magical album I knew the first time I listened to Hybrid Theory it was going to be an instant classic let me ask you guys are there artists today still that you'll buy their album no matter what they drop an album you're going to buy it Mm -hmm. yes absolutely 
but. I'm the same way. And I think there's a lot of people on my list that that's like, you're going to know. Cause I'm, I'm the same way still. Like there's a good five or six on my list of the, the albums that those artists put something out today. I'm buying it song unheard. Well, see, that's the thing too. I've never been a big fan of just buying a single, um, you know, especially now in the day of streaming, if I just, I have Spotify, I'll just listen to the song. But if I, if it's an artist, I really support, or they have an album. So I'll give an example here. And like, I am a huge Justin Timberlake fan. Like he's huge. a triple threat. He is uh, his, his 2020 experience album. If we ever get there, bring me back. Cause I will just rank on how great that album is. Um, but I remember the first time I heard it and I was just like, what? I bought two copies. I bought the deluxe copy too. And it was probably <laughs> the first time I bought an album and then I bought a vinyl. Don't even have a vinyl player, but when <laughs> I do have one, I'm ready to go. So it's just music impacts you. It, it's something that you really enjoy. It's something that means something to you. You're, you're, you're not going to worry about dishing out the bucks to having your own copy of it. And you, you talk about music and be like, music is so important to me. And I'll, I'll talk to kids and talk to people who like, Oh, what do you listen to when you're working out? Nothing. What? I, I won't even get off the couch without doing a ditty in my head. Like, what are you talking about? These kids are getting hyped up for games and doing all this stuff without even a sound. Right. Like it just, it, it, it's memories. It's a, it's a, it's a vibe. It's something. And so the fact that people don't get into music, I think I'm kind of weird sometimes. No, because just, it's because music isn't good today. It's because yeah. they don't have good music to listen to. They just discovered uh, Fleetwood Mac this last week, and they're like, oh, my right. God, Fleetwood, this is great. And I'm like, yeah, this has been great for decades, y'all. Yeah. I think that is the cool thing, though, is that even though for us we're a little bit older, so it's just like, where have you been? It's starting to see some of these kids kind of venture to the past and the past and starting to understand, like, hey, I think the nostalgia is the funny part of all of this to me when you have a student or a few students that really love the 90s or really love the early 2000s music and it's just like, yeah, we've, we've tried to tell you for a very long time, this is when things were great, but you just ignore us because we're old. But uh, no, there's so many great, 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 great albums that you know, great songs, but great albums. Like there, there's so many times I could just remember, you know, putting it in a CD and not pressing anything and just letting it go. Do you guys like, remember like not knowing song titles and only knowing the number on the CD? You remember like you're, you're talking with your friends, you're like, man, I love number four. And they're like, oh yeah, number yes. four is the, it's the greatest. I, yep. I love what Doc just said, being able to put a CD in and not hit skip. Yep. To yep. not have to skip any part of an album. And yep. there is... There's something so satisfying about that. As trivial as it can be, there's just something about like, I listened from number one to number 12 or however many is on there and never skipped anything. Mm -hmm. Never. Never. Did you guys guys have cassettes or cassette Walkmans? Yes. Okay. I just, I just wanted to figure, feel out where you were. Cause I mean, I obviously did, but uh, I was just, I remember my first cassette that I actually got. Okay. Me too. Okay. Let's hear it. What was your first cassette? it was crisscross. Crisscross was on my honorable mentions list. It was crisscross. I remember <laughs> it. Um, and I was like four or five. And I remember that I saw the jump video where they had their clothes on backwards. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it because, I mean, as a kid, all I heard was jump. So when I hear jump, I'm just going to jump. And Daddy Mac will make you. Chris Cross will make you. Yes. 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 So my first cassette was actually in the 80s. My mom bought it for me at a Marsh grocery store because they had a music section at the time, but it was Bon Jovi Slippery When Wet. So they, yeah, it was pretty 86-ish. 
That's a, that's a great album. It is a good album, but it's not 90s. No. Um, mine was, I believe it was like Aerosmith's Get a Grip. It was the one that had the cow on it. Yeah, with Jamie's Got a Gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aerosmith was very prominent in my like 90 to 94 year uh, yep. life. Yep. Fair. All right, so let's... Let, let me let me throw out a couple of uh, my honorable mentions real quick because you, this is a band that I will buy an album from if they put one out and I will go to. I, I just saw them. This is the last concert I went to before coronavirus hit was this band. And I don't know if you all know them, uh, but it's Goldfinger. Uh, and I had their album. Uh, which one did I put on there? Hang Ups. You guys know Goldfinger at all? I'm not familiar. Goldfinger is it's like a ska punk uh you probably would know here in your bedroom if you heard it you might know they were on tony hawk's soundtrack uh they they did superman on okay. the, so on the tony hawk soundtrack but was, i just went and saw them in st louis like back in january oh my god i was i'd, I'd only seen them like i'd never seen them live before then it was one of my my bucket list bands so goldfinger and I, so i was so mad that they had to be on honorable mentions but that's that was one of mine uh I'm trying to and bad religion. You guys probably don't know bad religion either, or maybe you do. I don't know, but that's kind of a late, uh, early '90s punk type thing. They're they're really good, uh, but uh, yeah, those are a couple. Let's see, uh, what what do you guys have on some of your honorable mentions list, and then I'll go back to a couple more of mine. Okay, um, so for me, this was actually it's going to hurt a little bit, but Michael Jackson, Dangerous. Which one? Um, which one was that? Dangerous had Remember the Time, okay. Black or White. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, will you be there? Yeah, yeah. It's it's an album that I just remember where my mom would just, my mom and dad would just put it on, and my brother and I would just put on the show. Mm. It was didn't know the words, uh, but we we knew the by watching the videos because Michael Jackson was an amazing dancer. Oh, his videos just, were so good back then. So good, man. It was oh, such a great album. Just. And I think one of the things I remember the most about it was the album art. I don't know if you remember what it looks like, but it was like the crown with his eyes. And it was just such a, I don't know how to even describe it. It gave kind of like that King vibe. It was, I, I haven't seen it in a while. I actually look it up here in a second, but it was so awesome. I remember I used to just carry that like case around all the time and just look at what's on the back. But uh, so cool. Yeah, that, that I I still remember Michael Jackson's Thriller being like just the record. I mean, that was back in like eighty three, eighty four when I was, yeah. I was wasn't very old at all. But I remember my dad's friend bringing it over on vinyl, and like I love Michael Jackson. Uh, the early stuff I, he got a little weird for me towards the end. I'm not gonna lie, like I wasn't into some of his later stuff. But Thriller and uh, that Neither one were the kids. But uh, when I'm not talking about that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just I don't know what you're talking about. But go on. All right, what were some of your honorable mentions, Chad? What was one of yours? Um, Guns and Roses, Use Your Illusion One and Two. Um, as much as that, that was like great. It was like great rock. I remember, like, I was so like knowing that Axel was an a hole really mm. kind of ruined some stuff for me in the '90s growing up. I was like, yeah. oh, these guys are awesome, and he was just a complete jerk. It really yeah. kind of soured it for me. Um, another one I wanted to put in my top ten, but I just couldn't because I didn't think it was fair because I was more older when I got into him. But Sublime. Oh yeah, uh, that's on my honorable mentions too. Uh, Sublime. I was, it, yes, it's a '90s album, but I'd be I'd be lying if I said I got into it before high school. Um, I got it when I when it released. Uh, I got it from a birthday present from one of my girlfriend's brother, and it was I loved it. Like actually, it makes me laugh because he was all about having a Dalmatian, and I was too. So that we had a thing like me and the guy from Sublime. And uh, my last one, Oasis. What's the story, Morning Glory? 
that album like i used to really enjoy them mm-hmm. um but then kind of the same thing learning that they're a bunch of a-holes too really kind of soured as i got older they are a-holes <laughs> fair very fair you got any other honorable mentions you want to shout out doc oh i was gonna outcast equimini um yeah that's so- another one i love but i was older like i i wasn't in it at the time it came out in like 98 so i just remember listening to the radio which kids don't even know happens anymore and just it was on such a heavy rotation uh, especially rosa parks it was just mm-hmm. goodness gracious i just think and that's still oh. on my like that's on my podcast or it's on my uh, phone like i listen yeah. to rosa parks at least like going through my work truck like it'll hit at least every other day me yes. and my daughter were singing think- that yeah, oh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Uh, me and my daughter were singing Rosa Parks the other day because it's such a good song, and then I got to use it for like a teaching moment. So, like, <laughs> I, like honestly, it was a good thing. Best moments, and I think one just you know, I'm gonna show age a little bit. When I was younger, the Lion King soundtrack. Oh, that's a good one. Let's talk about after it. Jay. Yeah, that is good. It was that soundtrack is still it's still in heavy rotation in the Walker household today. Um, and I'm not talking about the new Lion King. Yeah, no. that wasn't. I'm talking like Elton, Elton John, John, Circle of Life. So good, so good. Like I can listen to Can You Feel or Can You Feel the Love Tonight and just getting my emotions for no reason, just looking at my dog or something. Yep. Like it's oh, yeah. it's ridiculous. It's so good. Just I mean, listening to the scores, listening to the the orchestra, just all of it is. That's one of two soundtracks I have, but. That is that was my honorable mention. Yeah, sure. I'm not a big fan of musicals generally, but I agree with you that that Lion King soundtrack was fire. Like it was, it was so, so so good. good. I still, so, like, I'm not gonna lie. Every time I watch that movie now, I still cry. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I can't watch the live action. I want to see. I want to see him die. I don't like, think I, it's I, as I, bad. I, honestly, I didn't cry as I, much at that. With I've that heard like, people say that, but I'm, I can't trust it. I'll stick to the animated. It's bad. Oh no, it's it, I I enjoyed it. I mean, but then I realized when I was watching it, it wasn't for me to I, I have one that I love. It wasn't for me to love. It's for the new generation yeah. to embrace it, I guess. I guess. And um I think my other one, my other uh can't even think of it right now. My other honorable mention was Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Yes, I get it. Like, I, I couldn't bring myself to put that on my list, but honestly, like... It, I feel like that was crammed down my throat for most of the decade. <laughs> it was, though. It truthfully was, like, in the mm-hmm. late 90s. That was one of those albums where it was just like, I don't think I should be listening to this, but on TRL... It was it so was, saturated. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was just like, I know... And it's just crazy, because it's like, if you look on any of my playlists or just my entire library, that's the only like Alanis Morissette album you'll see just because I remember so much of it just because it was played so I got in trouble for playing that at a church lock-in. I I bet you did. (laughs) I played the whole album. I bet you did. I got in trouble. (laughs) The only thing that I ever associate Alanis Morissette with is that she dated Uncle Joey for so long from the full house Mm. and they almost got married. Yeah. (laughs) Cut it out. Exactly. All right. Uh, I did have cranberries, no need to argue, on my list because I loved the cranberries at the time, but, and it was Lord. important to me. Oh, I mean, listen, I liked them a lot back then. Um, I also had Depeche Mode's Violator, which may be too young, or you guys may not know Depeche Mode at all. It, it's kind of like some 80s techno pop type stuff. They okay. were they were really good. Um, 
they're really influential at the time. But I mean, it may. I was gonna say you guys probably didn't listen to it. All right. So what we're gonna do? Because we're we're already a half hour into this show. But you know what? I'm loving it. I'm loving it. We're gonna go over tonight. So so buckle up, guys. We're going maybe an hour and a half tonight. Uh, Doc, what? Give us your numbers ten through six, and you can talk about each one as you want. We probably have some comments for you. But go ahead, ten through okay. six. So number ten, my first concert. Spice Girls. Oh, Spice. <laughs> I would not have guessed that. That was your first number concert. nine. Uh, I'll elaborate. I'll, I'll go through them and then I'll come back. Okay, okay. Number nine, Follow the Leader, Corn. Mm, yes, good album. Eight, All Eyes on Me, Tupac. Good. Seven, In Sync. Which one? Sit, no, wait, that has just In Sync. Their first okay, one. Their first okay. album. Let me ask you, you have sisters? No. I just. <laughs> This this music. really took a turn. <laughs> no, I just music. Uh, look, I'm gonna elaborate here. I got you. And then number six was Hello Nasty BC Boys. Oh, good one. That's a good one. So Spice Girls. Yeah. Virginia Beach, Virginia, elementary school. The first CD I ever bought was a Spice Girl CD. Yeah. Which Spice Girl was your favorite Spice Girl? I had a thing for Sporty Spice. Okay. That was my crush. There you go. I don't I, know I, why. I, I, I think it was the tattoo. I, 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 I'm with him. I'm going to Google the Spice Girl because I don't know. Oh, sir. You got Baby. You got Ginger. You got Scary. You got Posh. You got Sporty. Posh was the overrated one because she dated David Beckham. but Or married David Beckham. She married him, yeah. Sporty yeah. Spice looks kind of trashy to me. Hey, but when you're talking about seven, eight years old, man, I, look, I don't. I don't know, but the music though was it was just high octane. When whenever we had school dances, I'm almost certain they just put on the Spice Girls for one entire album, and it was just fun. And I can't explain it, but I that is probably one of the first things my mom tells anyone that I I date or if it tells any friends that come over to the house for the first time. You know, Kyrie's first uh, his first concert with Spice Girls, and I'm like, wow. That's what we're going to do. That's... Oh, do you tell your mom that snitches get stitches? Uh, no, because she has a really good right hand, man. And <laughs> I'm not trying to feel that at all. Um, Follow the Leader, Corn 9, mm. probably still one of my favorite Corn albums. Uh, Freak on a Leash. Yeah. Day. I, the, that, okay, I'll, let me tell you about that one, because that one's on my honorable mentions, and I, and I love it. Uh, I was just I didn't get into corn until my brother and I went to the – what was the tour called? Um Oh, there was a tour, Family Value Store. I still have my yeah. shirt from the Family Value Store, but I okay. So I went. For, I was really into like industrial techno at the time. So I went for right. Rammstein. I was like Duhas, and like that concert was like insane. <laughs> but like while we were there, like I fell in love with Corn. Like it was so good. Uh, the the song where he's battling Fred Durst, where John yep. John's battling Fred. Durst. What's that one? Like uh. It's all in the family. I think it's the name of the song on that album. Yep. That's the one that got me to like, you know, you know, sometimes you have to have a song that hooks you into an album that gets you to listen to the rest of the album. That's mm -hmm. what it was for me on that one. So yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I love that album. Such a good album. I mean, I just remember hearing uh Freak on Unleashed for the first time and then watching the video. I think the video is kind of what mm -hmm. glued me to corn. Is that the video was so creative. It was something that I had never seen before. And once again, going back to the TRL and the box days where you would just wait for the video to come on. It's just like, oh, I waited three hours to see this three minutes and 40 seconds video. But it was... they used to premiere them? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was so awesome. So, <laughs> uh, so good. So good. So good. 
Um, seven was, or I'm sorry, eight was Tupac, All Eyes on Me. Mom being from California, loves Tupac, so I listen to it all the time. And I remember that album was like 27 songs long. It is a long album, but there's so many just classics on there. And I just remember just once again, being in the car with mom, going to Walmart or, you know, going to grandma's house. And it's just like, we're going to listen to Pac today. And, and it's just, you know, I remember we really got into it. Or I really got into it once Pac died because once he passed away, I was around six or seven. Then I was really kind of introduced to who he was and his music. And it was talked about in more of a grander scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, of you know this was a really great rapper for all of these reasons so you know still listen to it today but um pop was eight in sync was seven i don't apologize for it i grew up i was born in 89 uh in sync boy bands in the 90s come on guys like you couldn't they escape the there was no doubt there, there was no, no judgment i will never judge someone on the show that's fine i mean even if you did i can I accept won't. it that's because cool it's not over. It's it's not done. But no, insane. Um, great, great. Group. So from their from their other album, the No Strings Attached album that came out in like two thousand. Yes. Like I learned to play that on guitar for one of my girlfriends in the two thousands, like a big Same. like a big baby. So uh, like Thank there you, you sure. go. I just outed something about me, so I can't make fun of you anymore. Listen, it's <laughs> these these guys are the truth. And then Hello Nasty, BC Boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember when that album dropped? Listen to it all the time. Um, Intergalactic. <laughs> Yeah. Took everyone by storm. And I remember, you know, I'd listened to Sabotage before that. And there was a few other Beastie Boy songs that I enjoyed, but I didn't like fall in love with an album or a song like I did with Intergalactic. Uh, just, they crushed it in the video once again. I think the video kind of led me to continue to listen to music because such a visual guy. So that's my six through 10. I had a hard time getting into Hello Nasty. It's good. It was a good album, but like yeah. for me... BC Boys had set the bar so high with License to Ill and Paul's yeah. Boutique that like Intergalactic was good and and Hello Nasty was good, but it didn't hold up to their previous albums for me. Right. Uh, yeah. Again, not saying it's a bad album, but like I'm just saying that's why I wasn't into it probably as much as a lot of other stuff. Fair. Fair. Any other comments, Chap? Are you good with that? I'm good. That's a solid 10 through that 6. Is a... All right, man. Well, this is where Amateur Hour starts. Okay. Uh, number 10. Weird Al Yankovic's Running With Scissors. Love it. <laughs> That's a good one. Now, let me tell you, my first concert ever was a Weird Al concert. Okay. Loved him. Dude, like, oh. the parody, like, I loved Weird Al. Like, yeah. I used to, like, me and my friends used to do, like, the same thing. Like, yes. we would take songs and put our own spin on them or anything yes. like that. Like, it, it was so much fun. That had the Saga Begins, which was a big Star, Star Wars, Wars thing. It had, like, I, I was picking between this in the like bad hair day that had Amish paradise, mm. but there are more songs that were more meaningful to me running with scissors. than there was with a uh, bad hair day. Uh, number nine, Coolio's gangsters paradise. Ah, so good. Yes, yeah, it's good. That yep. was probably that's, that's still just bangs. I still can listen to that. So now. good. Gangsters paradise is probably, if I had to recall, that was the first rap song I remember hearing. And okay. it was, it was from like dangerous minds. Yep. Mm. I mean, so like, that was 93 94 so i was like six seven years old like that was the first one i really remember coolio had the hair i thought it was awesome like that was my thing um and then number eight uh jay-z's volume two hard knock life Mm -hmm. that was the first real introduction for me to jay-z and that was like the post-pock post-biggie like 
Jay put himself in that window as being probably the best for a span of four years, five years, maybe something like that until okay. guys like Wayne and stuff came on. Um, so that was really influential to me. Uh, and then number seven, Limb Biscuit significant other from okay. 1999. Yeah. Um, because that was my first introduction to rap white rock, guy, white guys doing what I had saw black guys do. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this feels a little more towards me because I felt, I mean, as a young kid, what else am I supposed to think? So, you know, here it was, I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Uh, then you learn out that Fred Durst is kind of a real douchey guy. Yeah, he but is. But at the time, <laughs> yeah, the album was was pretty good. That's another um, Family Values tour band, though. That exactly. I mean, yep. they were all a part of that group. Yeah, you had yep. them stained and corn. Mm-hmm. Like they Wasn't were all- puddle of mud too. I think was also like thrown into that. Puddle of mud. I, for- I forgot they existed, Doc. I, I forgot I about. Album. Yeah, I had their album. Um, <laughs> And number six, uh, going back to 1990, ACDC's The Razor's Edge with Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck is my favorite ACDC song. My dad was blaring. Like That was what got me into ACDC. Obviously, Back in Black was huge, but that was from 1980. So the fact that Back in Black is still one of my favorite albums 30 years later, 40 years later. um, But yeah, Razor's Edge, 1990. That was me rocking around in the car with my dad. I... ACDC, there's a painful spot in my heart uh, for ACDC because um, when I oh, played me college too, football, me too. Me too. Well, when I played football at Elon, we would go play Appalachian State, and uh, boom, they were our conference rival, even though we never beat them. And you know, Hell's Bells and Thunderstruck, that was their, that was their entrance. So every time I hear it, I just go to those days getting our butts kicked in the freezing cold in Boone, North Carolina. And it's just Let me like, tell I, can't, you, I can't do it. I wrestled in high school and they would put on just the, the ACDC mix and we turn off the lights and we'd yes. run, we'd drill. It was yes. basically hell. Like when yes. you wanted to go hard for an hour, they hit that album. You just went. And so dude, I'm telling you, like I loved ACDC. There was a four year span where I was like, I never wanted to hear it again. It came on the radio. I turned it off. It took me back to bad places and then right. after high school, I was like, all right, I can't associate that with bad things because I went to college and we started doing Thunderstruck where we were taking shots every time they said Thunder or Thunderstruck. So you see what I did was I took the bad and I replaced it with the good. You made it happen. You made yeah. it work for yourself. Yeah. I, I do love Thunderstruck, man. That is by far my favorite ACDC song. I, I don't have any sports uh, memories attached to it. I, for me, exactly. it's more like I remember – I, like this is years later, but I remember listening to it when my wife and I would go out with our friends from work. This is in like the 2000 range, but uh, like I would, I would always go pump the, 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 the jukebox with like metal and everybody, would, cause they wanted to listen to rap at the time. And I was like, nah, we're listening to some metal. And, Bring uh, the jukebox back. We yes, needs the jukebox. You got to put in your quarters and wait for your song to play. And just wait and yeah. wait, and then when it happens, you like, don't it's a surprise. Leave. It's here. You, you don't leave until your songs play. Like I got mad when they when they did the thing where you could pay like an extra fifty cents and get your song bumped to the top of the list. Skip I'm like, it. Mm-mm, nope. You got to wait. Got to be patient. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. So okay, so recap your ten was real quick. Just run through them. Uh, it was number ten was Weird Al's running with scissors. Yeah, that, that's good. Number, Number nine was Coolio, Gangster's Paradise. Yep. Number eight was Jay-Z, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life. Uh, number seven was Limp Biscuit, Significant Other. And number six was ACDC, The Razor's Edge. Did you listen to Limp Biscuit's $3 bill, y'all? Yeah. 
That well, I love that one. That was their first one. That was like a, it was rough. It was way more rough and heavy. Like it was like raw. Yeah. Uh, like Faith when they did George Michael's Faith with Fred Durst, just like screaming it. Oh my lord, you could feel that in your soul. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fact. Uh, all right. So I've already decided that y'all are gonna look at me and be like, "Who Fair. the hell are these people?" Because Maybe. I'm coming from a pretty different place in time i was pretty angsty in 90 uh, I, like you know 95 to 2000 i was avril lavigne skater boy so just be aware another world that uh so my number 10 is probably one of the softest things on here gin blossoms new miserable experience i don't know who you don't know that uh you, they have, i know who the gin blossoms are yeah hey jealousy uh yep. was the song that you like that song was like okay so seventh grade i wanted that album so bad I had that album on cassette. I finally got it on CD through BMG or whatever that like pay a penny and get 10 albums thing. Yes. Was. You mean Columbia? Columbia. Well, yeah. there, was, there was Columbia and there was BMG. There was a couple oh, different okay. ones, but I got, uh, I got it through there and I, Oh man, that the whole album's so good. Like I don't, I'll have to go back and listen to see if it still holds up. Cause I do want, that's one of the things I want to talk about later is which of these albums really held up and which ones didn't gin blossoms. Yeah. Pretty soft. Number nine, Bloodhound Gang's One Fierce Beer, Co- Beer Coaster. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I heard that album, and I fell in love with Bloodhound Gang. And they had an I album. I was Hooray for Boobies. I got Hooray oh, for Boobies. So, Hooray for Boobies, when it came out, I had a friend that worked at a music store, and I was trying to get him to give it to me a day early because I wanted it so bad because I was such a big Bloodhound Gang fan. I yes. absolutely loved it. They had an album before that, uh, before One Fierce Beer Coaster that was – Again, use your fingers. Was, use your fingers is what it was, and it was it was pretty raw too. Like kind of talking about yeah, right. better. like production wise, it was pretty raw, and like it was completely filthy. Like it's like on WAP level bad. Yeah, but it was intense. But Bloodhound Gang, oh my god, I still like they have new albums and I buy them, and they're not as good. And they've gone kind of a techno route, but like right. I love bloodhound gang so one fierce beer coaster i remember learning every word to every song uh i disclaimer if any of my students listen to this or watch this like there is some really inappropriate stuff on there like like, i don't even want to say the names of the songs but like kiss me uh that one yeah Yeah, that one was i that was i loved it or yeah thanks uh (laughs) i liked that whole album i could sing every single song on there today if you ask me to Uh, oh Cracker is number eight. Cracker, Kerosene Hat, a band you guys probably don't remember very much. It was kind of a mix of rock. It was almost like a mix of rock and country. Uh, They also had that song, What the World Needs Now. Uh, Like, I loved the line, which is like, What the World Needs Now is another folk singer. Like, I need a hole in my head and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I love Cracker. So I had to throw that one on there. Um, I I, I did. I went back and listened to the Kerosene Hat today. It was before this thing on. I was like, God, there was some good songs on here. So, if y'all don't know this stuff, go back and listen to it. Give it a couple listens. It, that one still holds up, but I don't think you're going to like it on your first run through probably. But uh, number seven, this is where like I was fighting with myself about which one to put on here. But number seven was huge for me. The Offspring smash. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah, I love The Offspring. That's another. I do too. I, I, I want to see them on concert so bad. I've seen them like seven times, my friend. They are so good in concert. Uh, I kind of fell off when they started doing their, they, they got kind of poppy there for a while. Yeah. Uh, like Pretty Fly for a White Guy, I was not a fan of. Um, but, but like, I love The Offspring. Uh, and like, they even had some more recent albums that are really good. But Smash was the first one that got me like really into it. And like, I play it for my daughter, but I have to skip some of the songs because there's, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I got, let, I, I, do you guys have kids? 
I know Chap does not, but like I got an eight-year-old daughter, so I'm I'm always fighting this thing. Like, what do I let her listen to, and what do I not let her listen to? So we've discussed, you know, what words are appropriate, what words aren't appropriate. We can listen to music that has bad words in it, but we understand we're not supposed to repeat them, right? Like, we talk about them. So, now, okay. when you're blasting it in the car, is she allowed to sing along 100 percent, or does she, she have won't. to pause? Herself? She won't. Okay. I told I told her whatever. I don't care, and she won't do it because she refuses. That's she won't say the word stupid. She won't say the word dumb. She thinks they're bad Good. words, so she she just won't say it. She's, Good. Like Good. Yeah. And her name's Kyrie. <laughs> My daughter's name's Kyrie. So you know how cool is that? This was just meant to. I'm, I'm telling, telling you. you. Yeah, she spells it different, but like I love it. When I when I met you and you said your name was Kyrie, I'm like, this is awesome. I have never met someone who spells they spell Kyrie the same way I spell mine, yeah. so it's fine. That's cool. Uh, you, you say she thinks like dumb and stupid or bad words. Yeah. I hope to God someday you walk in on her and she's rapping Tupac, like word for word, going to town. Like she won't say words like dumb and stupid, but she's just going. going in. How do you handle that moment as a dad? Like. But I wipe the tear of proudness. <laughs> no, I don't know. We'll see what happens. She's got a bet with my dad. She's got a hundred dollar bet with my dad that she will graduate high school without saying a single bad word. And I told her that. Yeah, good she, luck with that. That's what I told her. We'll see what happens. Uh, I did it. If I did it, anyone can do it. I said my first swear word. Did in sixth you grade. really do it, or you didn't get I, caught doing it? I promise you, I never did it until I got to college. Interesting. I said my I'm... first swear word in sixth grade dance, and I realized I didn't get caught. And I was all like, yes. Well, because I, I don't know if you knew. I, I grew up in a very, very conservative Christian household. Like, lot, like if my mom had caught me with some of these albums, I would have gotten whooped. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, when I, when I realized I didn't get smote for saying a bad word, I was like. You didn't get condemned like lightning. Yeah, the filter was off from that moment on. The power goes out. Which <laughs> segues nicely into my number six, uh, Eminem's The Slim Shady LP. was So good. So funny story about that when when much higher on my list. Spoiler that, alert. That's fair. When that came out for me, we like we honestly thought that Eminem was like gonna be the the weird Al of rap. Mm-hmm. Like we did not think he was serious. Yeah. Like we were laughing when he's like, "Hi, my name is." Right. We were just like, "This is jokes. It's funny." We're laughing. And then like uh, you know, a few listens in, we're like, "Oh, this dude's serious. Like this he's dude's bringing yeah. some real depth to it. This is not just jokes." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but I love it. I, I honestly, I don't think the Slim Shady LP is my favorite Eminem album, um, but it is definitely good. And I'm a big Eminem fan. Like I love it. I think that was the one album in our house where mom was like, "All right," because especially when he would start talking about his mom and his, and his wife. His wife. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I heard "Stand" for the first. I don't think it's that album, but I remember when I heard "Stand" for the first time. I was like, "Oh." Yeah. Yeah, Stan, <laughs> Stan was on the Marshall Mathers LP. He got came LP, out in two thousand, but uh, yeah. but yeah, like I, it really was like it was so funny how much we thought he was weird out. Like, and I, I tell people that now, and they're like, "Whatever, how did you not?" But seriously, when he first came out, and I'm listening to it on the way home from Castleton, and I'm like, "All right, this is funny," but no, it's real. It's dark. <laughs> it's dark. So, real recap: Gin Blossoms. You guys probably never heard of Bloodhound Gang. Awesome. Kerosene Hat. Check it out sometime. Offspring. Super good. And off uh, Eminem's Slim Shady. All right. So let's just roll through now. Let's just do everybody's number five. Doc, why you got at number five? My number five. Uh, this is more of a compilation, but it counts as an album. So, the Sport Guy. Uh, the first volume of Jock Jams. Jock Jams. I had that. Jock Jams is everything to this day. You put on Jock Jams anywhere, I'm hyped up. Uh, like, 
I mean, just thinking of the playlist and the music, it's just, it just takes you back and you get excited. Yes. Josh sure. Hans, you and Chap are going to get along so much better than I thought. Like, I knew you guys were no, going to no. get along, but. Doc, real talk. Like, I would take, like, I had my portable CD player. I had a basketball hoop because it's Indiana. And I would literally go and get the extension cord, and I would just play that, dude. Because the Pacers, they played Jock Jams at the, at the arenas and stuff back in the 90s, and Reggie and all those guys. I would literally be outside just yep. having that damn thing on repeat yep. nonstop, and yep. I'm out there shooting threes, screaming Miller time, just playing ball. Like, yep. I, dude, I feel you on that. I mean, it came out in, like, 95, and I just remember the first time I heard it, the Michael Buffer, let's get ready to rumble. And then just going down to like get ready for this and then Tootsie Roll and then everybody, you know, I'm going to make you sweat. It takes two. Come, baby, come. Like, whoop, there it is on there. Yep. I think so. Uh, rock and roll with Gary. Oh, Gary. Oh, Glitter. yeah. So good. Pump up the jam. YMCA. Oh, my goodness, man. It, to this pump day, up the jam. I might put that on the playlist. Technotronic, tomorrow. my friend. Oh, my gosh. I love pump up the jam. So good. So good. So that's my that's my number five. Okay, chap number five. Uh, Hootie, Cracked Rearview Mirror. That was an album that I think, you know, you could literally play from one end to the other. That entire album. I swear they put like six singles out that all had music videos. Like that was a very, very big album uh, for me in the 90s. And uh, I loved every bit of it. I don't know that I've ever heard it all the way through. If I'm gonna be honest with you, I was like, there's they had a couple songs that were okay, but I was old. I was at a point in my life where I was too angsty for that. <laughs> I'm just being real. I take it. It's fair. How about you, number five. You're not. You guys are gonna not have no clue who this is, but but this album was so incredibly important to me. This is a band called No Effects. Yep. Oh, you do know? You know No Effects? Not not a big fan, but I know okay. who they are. No, <laughs> no, no, No Effects, Punk and Drublick. That album is, oh my God! Like if I think Chap, if you listen to it right now, you'd probably like it because some of the politics that they they're spewing, uh, like it's it's definitely harsh and raw punk music. But like they they would get along. You would you'd be into it, maybe. Anyway, there I I love that whole album. Like there there's no song on the album that I don't love. And uh, yeah. Anyway, all right, number four, Doc. Number four is going to be "Ready to Die" by Notorious Big I B I G. You got uh, you got Biggie higher than Pac on your list. I had Biggie higher mm. than Pac. This started a lot of debates during my PhD program. Uh, one of my really really good friends who I went through the program with, he's from the West Coast, and he's very disrespectful with his music takes. As in, if you don't agree with him or whatever you say, you're wrong. But "Ready to Die" is such a good album to me to me mm-hmm. um because one of my favorite songs of all time is big papa uh it's it's just a vibe it's just it's one of those albums from i think for the first time where well I you just know it play. as soon as it drops as soon as it drops you know you know what it is and you just go and it's just it makes me sad too because i would have really loved to hear more music and get more of a catalog for biggie especially like with actual albums and not just mixtapes or anything like that but I just appreciated the work. I thought it was everything. It's still in heavy rotation. I like Biggie. World. I I couldn't put him above Tupac. Like it's I, okay. I, I mean, I respect your opinion, and I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. I'm mean, just for me personally, I couldn't do it. I, but I like them both. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that album. I will say there's a lot of pop songs that I absolutely love. Um, but when it comes to Biggie, though, just that album. When I just think of uh, 
when I think of Big Papa, when I just think of just just press and play. And I also, some of my favorite movies use Big Papa as well. So, and then I'm a big dude. I we're talking about connecting. I'm a big guy. So when you play Big Papa, the Notorious B.I.G. gave big dudes a little bit of swagger yeah. you, for the first time. What's the word so, that we got to remember now? Representation. You got to have representation. So big dudes. Gotta have it. Yeah. Uh, well, Real quick, I want to ask, I want to ask, do you think that Pac gets put up on that pedestal because his stuff was more time and almost activist where that's not necessarily where Biggie was? Mm -hmm. I mean, Pac was very much about, you know, the racism and right. I mean, he, 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 he was, he was rapping about a lot of stuff that was going on in society. I don't know Biggie getting attached to the same kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I think that was a very valid point. And I think, you know, Pac was influential in various ways, not just through his music. He was one phenomenal actor, too. And, you know, he did a lot of great things. But when it came to his music, you know, it was I think that's the one thing that was kind of tricky with me with Pac is that sometimes he would, you know, go really heavy into the activism and talk about a lot of the issues going on in the community. But then he'll transition and start saying some really crazy stuff. And it's like, I'm confused. Like, it's, <laughs> it was really hard, especially when I was younger, trying to listen to it. It was like, you know, you'll listen to Changes by Pop. And it's like, all right. And then you That's start listening to some of the other stuff. And it's like, oh, what? Um, uh, Which is it? <laughs> exactly. And I think sometimes his messages, I was just, you know, he would talk about respecting women and this, that, and the other. And then he would go right at somebody else's wife or girlfriend. And I was just like, all right, I, I'm confused. But I mean, California love is still mm. once again. So let me. It's on my phone. Let me it's throw this out there. Uh, here, here's going to be like the my opinion doesn't matter on rap, but uh, <laughs> I kind of like Cube better than either Pac or Biggie. What about you guys think about that? Look, Cube. <laughs> no, 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 no. For my age, like Cube was an actor when okay, I. Okay, that's that's, that's fair. That's fair. Let me just be honest. But I'm telling you what, the NWA movie mm -hmm. was the first time I ever heard "No Vaseline." Yes. And I lost my yes. mind. I thought yes. I immediately that that's still on my phone today. The yes. fact that he came at a dude that is still one of the greatest diss tracks. Oh, I think it is the greatest diss track, if you ask me. Like I think it is the greatest. So, no, 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 like the, the NWA movie really was what kind of turned me on to Cube. I started to look into him a little bit more. Yeah. Like, I did not know he was as good of a rapper because he was doing movies. Yeah. Like, that's right. what I saw. He was doing Friday. That, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I, I just, I'm not trying, like, on the grand scale of rap, like, I don't know that he's necessarily really better than Pac. Like, I, I do think that Pac and Biggie have this elevated status just because of the, the feud and what happened to him. Correct. But they're but that does not take away from the fact that they are great. They are phenomenal, and I love what they, I love them. But like, right. I'm a big fan of Cube style. I'm a I, you know. Not anyway, allowed. it's allowed. <laughs> it's all right, allowed. all right. So what? Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, uh my number four. Okay. Uh, Blink One Eighty Two, Enema of the State. Was that nine? Was that nineties? Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yep. Okay, that's fair. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna contradict was, you here in a minute, but go. That's cool. That was, <laughs> like, that was the junior high to high school transition, and like, what's your name again? Mm -hmm. Just like all that. I got the video on MTV. They're yeah. running around naked and stuff like that. Yep. Dude, that album was phenomenal. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Blink 182, as we'll see here in a, a few minutes. But uh... <laughs> you went Dude Ranch. I know you did. I did. But... I did. Uh, my number four was Green Day Dookie. Uh, uh yeah it's all mine yeah green day dookie was just so influential uh i 
Longview wasn't, I don't even, like, to this day, I'm not a big fan of Longview, which was their first single. Uh, like, when I realized what that song was about, I was like, ooh. But, like, you know, uh, that I'm, I'm a big fan of that whole album for the most part. Like, super, super good. I did, here's how bad it was. I didn't even have it. I had to go to the library and borrow it and then copy it to a cassette. Like, I, yeah, that's what I had to do. I had to go to the library, get oh, it, copy yeah. it to a cassette. But, like, Green Day's Dookie. I, I I went to Kings Island one year and I bought a shirt that was the album art of Green Day's Dookie. Like, there was no way that wasn't making my my top five. Well, that's number three for me. So let me just jump in. Sure. I don't want to leave from off, but just so we don't have to come back talking about it. I agree with you. I had an older cousin who got me turned on to that. So like, I think that album's from like '94. So I'm eight years old at that time, and I get exposed to it. And like, some of the stuff was really fast, and it kind of yeah. had that angst and that anger and stuff like that. I was like. Oh, this is different than what, you know, I'm driving around listening to 80s music Bon Jovi in my parents' car and stuff like that. Even different from the ACDC I was listening to with my dad. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, that was my real first introduction into something that was different and not radio played on right. classic rock. So, yeah, like that was my first big change in music. I, I dug it a lot. And that entire album is solid. That was my Very first cool. concert. Green Day was my first concert <clears throat> when I was 17 years old. Yes. I know. Well, that was like 93, 94, right? No, that was like 96 or 97. I don't remember <laughs> what year it was. But like my parents had this rule you couldn't go to a concert until you were 18. That was just really? the, that was just their standing rule um, because they had gone to a bunch of concerts when they were young and they'd saw marijuana being passed around. So they just assumed that's what it was and they wanted to keep me away from that. Uh, my, my brother got to go to a concert. Paper madness. Uh, I'm just saying that's that's what my family was uh but i finally convinced them to let me go see green day when i was 17 years old at the egyptian room at the mirage oh wow and i was like front row on the barrier and i'm telling you it was awesome uh what's your favorite song from that album chap since it's on your number three mine is probably when i come around or basket case basket case for me basket case yeah that's good yeah all right well since you went three we can just do like the reverse uh swing around snake here walk walker what's yours number three my number three is connecting it to the hometown, Virginia Beach, Virginia. The most underappreciated artist in rap and R&B. I'm going with Super Duper Fly by Missy. Mr. Oh, nice. Missy nice. is from Virginia Beach. She shot that whole album in Virginia Beach in 1997. Um, I She's just ridiculous with her music. Her catalog is is up there for me. And that was one of those albums that they, since she was from Virginia beach, they just played it just continuously on the radio. So when we weren't listening to CDs and you got in the car, it was played. And she has a song called socket to me with the brat. And it's just it, the beat, just as soon as it starts, it's you're in a great mood and you're hyped up. But one of the best things about her with all of her music was her music videos. Like, yes, that's the one where she was wearing the big trash bag thing. That was the rain. Yeah, that's on that album too. And it's just ahead of her time, man. And uh, I love Missy. I love Missy. I I agree with you. I think she's very underrated uh, amongst, I mean, people in the industry and people who know, know how good she is. Is, but like across like all mainstream media and stuff like that yeah i don't think she gets the uh the attention she deserves well i remember when she was on they gave her like the mtv video vanguard award and then people started to actually remember all of the songs that she had and it was like wow hurt that's that's actually wild. Yeah. i like that she came into rap like i mean salt and pepper were, were female rappers yep. and there were a couple other female rappers but she came with that swagger and she's like i don't yeah. care i'm just gonna bring it and y'all can either like it or not. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Like, I love that, that, you know, 
And as a girl dad, I, I like what she did for, you know, bringing that for the women. Yep. For the women. Yeah, uh, yep. All right, my number three is completely different from uh, from that. My number three is Oasis. What's the story, Morning Glory? Okay. Uh, I remember hearing Wonderwall for the first time driving home oh, yeah. from work in the snow. I was working at Pizza Shack. If y'all been to Tipton, you know where Pizza Shack Pizza is. Shack. And I was driving home, and I heard. I was like, "What is this?" Like it just hit me. I'm like, "This song is awesome!" And I finally found out what it was, and I liked it, and I went and bought it. And like that, that that whole album's just a mood. Like it's so good. Pizza Shack. Um, I'm stuck on Pizza Shack. You never been to Pizza Shack? No, I'm still trying to get used to Pizza King here. Pizza so, Shack's yeah. a one of. Pizza Dude, I, Doc, I hear Pizza King down there is phenomenal. I've never had it, but they say it's the best. Listen, I don't want to get in trouble because I don't know who's going to listen to this, and I'm very disrespectful. Uh, I've been told I'm very disrespectful on some of the Muncie favorites, so <laughs> I'm not trying to have anyone just show up at my house. I was just thinking to myself, I was like, the three of us need to go meet at Pizza King, but apparently Doc is too good. No, well, first of all, Pizza King is expensive. It is expensive. Pizza King it is, is expensive. It adds up very quickly. So if somebody else is paying, let's go. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's, let's do it. But if you think I'm taking out my wallet to buy a twenty-five dollar small pizza. Oh, I'm good. That's no. Uh, that's, your pizza king is different. Yeah, than mine. your pizza king's way more expensive than our. I'm pizza being king. dramatic. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm just emphasizing for it is expensive, but it's still a lot. So the thing about Pizza Shack, I mean, I don't want to diss on a Tipton like staple. I've like, never had it. Oh, we're serious? Okay, we'll go. Okay, here's the thing about Pizza Shack. Okay. Quality is like mediocre is probably generous okay yeah. but like because it's so different from everywhere else and like they have a buffet this pizza buffet it's it's been yep. around since for you i'm listening like oh yeah like okay so I, and i worked there so i know a little bit about behind the scenes but like the pizza shack buffet is just a thing that if you live in tipton you do sometimes you just do it and it's fine it's fine like i ate there yesterday or the day before with my wife at lunch you know it's fine but like, if you ordered it and had like a pizza tasting contest, you're not gonna be like, "This is fire." You're gonna be like, "What's this?" It's <laughs> look, it's hard to screw up pizza, but some people do it. Well, so if, if, if you if you have mediocre pizza, that is good enough for me. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll meet one day for pizza. The thing about Pizza Shack is, if you walk in the building when you leave, you smell like that, even if you're only in there for like a minute. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna warn you. Big uh, ouchie. Um. It's think of a dive bar, but it's more like a dive pizza joint. That's what it, that's what it is. It's railroad themed. Anyway, we, this is not the Pizza Shack because <laughs> it, it's Pizza Shack by the track. It's right next to a train track. Um, okay. All right, all right. So y'all did your threes, right? And I did. What's the yep. story? Morning Glory. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do my number two because it's Blink 182's Dude Ranch. Uh, listen, I love Blink 182. I am a huge fan. I even like their new stuff. Uh, with the new singer, like I love, I've seen him in concert a couple times. Uh, I love Blink One Eighty Two, but Dude Ranch was just this awakening for me. Like I loved it; it was so so good. Uh, I listened to that this morning when I was at school on my prep period, and I'm like, Dude Ranch is still good. And, and, and had I been older, I probably would have. But my first introduction was Enema of the State. Yeah, the thing about Enema of the State, and I like it. So don't think I'm like dissing Enema of the State at all. I like it. I just the hipsterish guy in me feels like that's when they got a little too poppy. You know, they started they're trying to appeal to, to a, a more broad base, which you should, as a musician, you want to appeal to more people. Like I get it, but at the same time, it kind of took away their edge. And I liked the edge they had on dude ranch. So that's why dude ranch is the, is, is the blink 182 album that I like absolutely must have. Fair. Okay. Uh, my number two is Eminem, the slim shady LP. Perfect. It's good. Super that- good. Still, I, Marshall Mathers LP is still my favorite. I think it's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But this one, the introduction to him, and I get where you were at, Doc, with kind of what you were saying about, like, there was some stuff in there that even a 13-year-old chap was like, dude, like, I don't really get this. And you're talking about killing your wife and stuff and, like, kidnapping your daughter. Like, stuff got real. Like, that was like an education for me. And it just, like, you could just tell – there was he he was bucking the trend. He, he was, was a white guy who came in. This wasn't vanilla ice. This no. was a guy who came in and like had the talent. And the the fact that like it's manifested into what it is, I still think he's one of the greatest of all time. Um he's but that's, man. yeah. Exactly. Look, you can everybody can go rap about booze and drugs. It's easy to do. That's a lot of people do that. But to have the career, to be in your 40s and still being relevant says something. Yeah. Where you got the young guys coming at you now, which that's when you know. Yo, Eminem did MGK so dirty that MGK went to play Blink-182 style music. He did. That's how bad Eminem torched him. Wasn't it called Kill Shot? Yes. Oh, yeah, I remember. I was just like, oh. (laughs) Like, when that dropped, I was like, oh, my. That is. (laughs) I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Like. I don't want to like MGK's newest album either, but like that one song's pretty catchy. I'm not gonna lie. Yes. All, right. All right, number two. My number two. I'm going back to boy bands. Okay. Because uh, I think deep down as a kid, I wanted to be in a boy band because I thought I could sing. But no. But Backstreet Boys. Yeah. Okay. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Oh, Backstreet you Boys. put Backstreet Boys above In Sync. I have a reason. All right. Let me break this down. I've had plenty of debates about this. Okay. The Battery Boys were a better group than NSYNC. Here's why. You take Justin Timberlake out of NSYNC, what do you have? Four nobodies? Nothing. You take any one member out of Battery Boys, you're all right. Mm-hmm. You're good. You're, you're good. You're going to be able to do it. But if JT's gone, you saw the whole group just... Psh- nobody in the Backstreet Boys were bigger than the band. I get that. And that's why they're still today, why they're doing what they're doing. And their music, though, like that album is just really, really good. I still listen to it today. I guess it's... Which one? I get into a mode, and I I was like this as a kid in the 90s. I was like this in the 2000s, 2010s, and even today. When I get into mode and I just want to hear some chill music or something like R&B, pop R&B-ish, I'll throw in their first album and my number one, which I'll bring in in a second, and just vibe. Like, that's what I was listening to today when I was grading exams because I needed something to just soup uh, you. I want to know if people look closely in Muncie and they see you driving around, could they catch you blasting some Backstreet Boys just singing your heart out? I will turn. I will. I look. I'll put the windows down. Yes. And I will make eye contact. And I want you to see me hit every note with pride. Oh I, I listen. I, I don't even know why I'm cool with it. I agree with you on Backstreet Boys are better than NSYNC. For sure. Like, I just, I, I think there's no question. Like, if you ask me, like, which one was better, and I mean, I'm not a huge boy band guy, but like, I had uh, the albums or I heard the albums because my girlfriend had them or whatever at the time. So, the first Backstreet Boys I was like met on, the Millennium, I thought was Millennium. Like, Millennium I think that's so their best cool. album. It is. It is. Well, it we're definitely. sitting here talking about the best Backstreet Boys album tonight on the podcast. Hey. We're providing perspective here. That's right. I love it. I love now, it. All I want to do now is I want to pull up next to Doc at the streetlight, and I want to hear him serenade me some Backstreet Boys right now. That's what if I'm. If you say, about. "Hey, if you if you're next to me and you roll down your window and you're like, hey, what are you doing?'" I will put my car in park, roll down my window, look at you in your eyes, and just sing. Just Deep because in the soul. I feel like 
I feel like we got a promotional video out of this. We'll get, we'll all get white suits, and we'll, uh, and, and do Doc it. will just break out and be like, "You are." Let's do it. I just want. I don't want the <laughs> microphone. I want the microphone. Oh that's yeah. You want the earpiece? Like yeah. Yeah, the earpiece. I, I call that the Lady Gaga skanky mic. <laughs> uh, okay, so that was Doc's number two. I did my. So everybody's done number two. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, who wants to go first for number one? I want to go first because I don't want to be last. I don't want to end on this. Okay. Uh, okay. My number one is to this day I can listen to it all the way through anytime, and it makes me feel happy. It's Weezer's Blue album. So uh, Weezer's Blue album. Like I'll never forget the first time I got it. I got it as a freshman in the hallway, and this girl that I really liked was like so excited to see it. She came up and she was trying to borrow it from me, so she was like hugging on me and stuff. So I have that attached to it. But like it got me through a breakup with my, you yeah. know, it got like it's, uh, like this. There's so many moods in yeah. that whole thing like my name is jonas such a such a good song uh in the garage to this day like just you know which hits me because when i'm in a bad mood i'll go sit in the garage like i will legit just go sit in the garage so yeah. weezer's blue album uh like i don't know weezer's kind of on and off i didn't love their remake of africa recently uh yeah. but like the blue album will forever be probably my number one most 90s of me album okay I respect that. That's a solid choice. Yeah, yes. this was hard, man. And it depends on my day. If I'm just being honest, depending on my mood and my day, like anything of my top twenty-five would rotate in and out of this list. I think I was just feeling angsty yep. today. Yes, Doc, you want to go next? Or you want to go last? I'll go next. It's fine. Okay. Um, my number one is an album that uh, I love by an artist that I love, and it just sucks because she only made one album. But it is the Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Mm. Um, it is. That won all the Grammys that year. It did. It, it's it's storytelling one on one, man. It is just. I think what that's when I started to notice with music how an album should be like. It, I just listen to it like a short story, and it is just. And for me, that was the first time, other than Missy, that I was introduced to a female lyricist who, because the only thing I knew Lauren Hill from before that was like the Sister Fugees? Act Two. Oh, okay. So. You weren't on the Fugees? Oh, I had the Fugees. The score was in um, one of my outside of my uh, honorable mention, but I love the score as well. But I just, I didn't, I guess I didn't appreciate Lauren Hill as much in the Fugees like I did mm -hmm. with Miss Education, where I, you got to see her shine. And, yep. you know, because I felt like she was a little bit clouded with Wyclef and mm -hmm. Pride. Like, but in that album, just from start to finish, her ability just change up flows just her beats were fantastic i mean they're all of her beats are pretty much being sampled today mm -hmm. just because they were so good so yeah that is an album that i love and will always love no i agree like she won all the grammys that year and i think all it was rightfully so because nobody knew she had that in her yeah they were from the fujis and then she comes out and dropped that album where there was huge range yep. like th there was like that the um uh there was almost like that uh like how like the temptation kind of feel there was like a 50s kind of pop yep. Yep. To it, yep. some stuff and then that album was great i'm it with you so on good, that. that's so a good, good choice so i have that album as kind of a, an example of how misinformation can screw with someone i'm gonna be real honest with you like that back i don't know if you guys remember when that first came out there was that whole i would, I would rather die than have white people buy my album thing which was a yeah. lie like you know that like honestly i found out years later that that wasn't real but, yeah. we, but we didn't have as access to as much information at the time. So me, I was like, well, screw you then. I, I'm not going to support you at all, right? right? And, and I, I admit that now that I was wrong. 
Right. But like at the well, time, it's just, I mean, it's the time, right? It's yeah. just, all we, it was much harder back then to try to get that information for ourselves. So if we saw something in the newspaper, if we saw something on the news, it was like, we couldn't go do our own analysis on yeah, fact check it. Yeah. We just couldn't fact check it. And it was just, we were really trusting more than this. So I, I definitely understand. So that. I listened to it uh, several years later and you're right. It is a absolute fantastic album. She is an incredible talent. And I, and I, and I feel so embarrassed that I like bought into that whole yeah. propaganda, you know, but you waited so long to get in on it. Well, I mean, it's just one of those things like, being who I was at the time and where I was in life, like here in, you know, I, I, I want to make sure I, I, I don't want to be like that guy. It's like, I'm not racist, but no, that's, that's not, that's not me at all. But like, I definitely felt that I was like, okay, if you're gonna, if you're gonna say that, I don't want to hear your music. I don't want to support you. But, but now right. like it again, I was wrong. I, well, it was just in the scary slash sad part is that was her only album. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that was probably one of the most heartbreaking things is that I was, waiting for so long for just a follow-up because I I mean, I'm still listening to Miseducation of Lauryn Hill today. I Easily, like when I go work out in the gym, it's not one of those pump-up albums, but it just chills me out. Yeah. And it just, ah, gosh. It's good. I can, she, go, I can ramble for days. She's so good. And I'm, and I'm so glad that someone told me, I did a thing where I was like, make a playlist and I'll listen to whatever you put on. I don't care what you put on, I'll listen to it. And somebody yeah. put some Miseducation of Lauryn Hill songs on there. And I was like, man, she is good and then i like did some research and i found out i was like i've been wrong for all these years but you know i, I i'm gonna give you credit here it, it takes a lot because there's so many people who would not even try to find that information or pay attention to that information so kudos to you sir well thank you i i mean i would rather be right uh, not right i would rather find out the, the truth and real information than just pretend that i'm right i'm that's not right. me yeah all right chap number one i I'm going to admit, I kind of cheated here. Oh, and boy. I've got two here. But oh, chap. No, 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 no. And let me explain why. They were both presented to me at the same time. Okay. So, so this was like late, this is like 97, 98. And they're both presented to me. And it's the Foo Fighters, debut album Foo yes. Fighters. Okay. And their second one, The Color and the Shape. Yes. They were both presented to me at the same time. And to this day, the Foo Fighters are my number one band. I love them. I see them every time they come through Indy. Like they are my number one. I will buy anything they put out. Dave Grohl is an amazing so man. I love so him. Yeah. And so these were, and I, I tried to pick through, man. I was looking through the set list and the song list and stuff. I was like, dude, I can't, it's like picking your favorite kid. At least it's like, the I same band. I'll give you credit. At least it's the same band. Fair. Yeah. So they, they were presented to me at the same time and I, I had to go with it. So yes, I cheated. I bucked the system. But uh, no, just both of those albums, the introduction to them. And you know what? This may be an unpopular opinion. The greatest thing that Nirvana gave us is Dave Grohl. Yo, my brother and I had that exact conversation today because he was a huge Nirvana guy back in the day. And like, I don't love Nirvana. Like their music's fine. But like <laughs> Nirvana reminds me of a time where I pretended to like something that I wasn't really into. Like, mm -hmm. so, so when I hear Nirvana, that's what I think. Cause I, I was all about Nirvana. And like my brother said, you know, the best thing to come out of Nirvana was Dave Grohl. And I'm like, you're right. You're so absolutely right. correct. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Well, what, I mean, Foo Fighters. I, Dave Grohl, I'm not, I haven't heard too much Foo, Foo Fighters, but I know like, and this is not in the nineties, I would say, um, Best of You is a song that I don't know. It, it it impacts me every time I hear it. Um, 
I don't, I can't explain it, but uh, that's the only song really that I think I have in heavy rotation out of Foo That and Everlong. Everlong is yeah. still probably my favorite. And the first time I saw the Foo Fighters, they opened with that. And yeah. like you start hearing that intro and then it kicks up hard. Like that moment right there just cascaded over me. I was like, this is my song. That yes. and the best of you. Th- those are my two favorites. So good. Um, my hero, obviously. There's so many good songs. Um, but yeah, Foo-, Foo Fighters are my number one. And so, yeah, their, their first two albums were definitely what they grabbed me and never let go. Yep. I just realized that I forgot, uh, like when I was rearranging my list, that I took off Counting Crows, August, and everything after, and I can't believe it. I'm so upset with myself. Uh, anyway, I took off some some heavy hitters as well. Yeah. I took off my Rages Against the Machine and Pearl Jam. So, so what? But we're already at an hour and a half, guys. And I know I appreciate y'all hanging out and being here because it does not feel like it's been an hour and a half. This has been one it of the most not. fun two hours or hour and a half of my life. Like, I, we could have watched. <laughs> Dude, Doc, come back anytime. Yes, I want Doc back. Uh, real quick, before we go, I want to I want to say, what's an album that you listened to at the time that does not hold up today? I got mine, and I'll tell you mine. Then you guys can tell if you want to think about it for a second. Uh, okay. I, I was a big fan of Nine Inch Nails for a while in the '90s. I loved them, and I, I tried listening to the Downward Spiral again recently. Does not hold up. It did not. Time was not good to Nine Inch Nails. You guys got anything like that? I've got one. What's yours? Uh, the the Britney Spears album. Oh, really? I I think she is still good. I I will listen to any Britney no, Spears no, no, album. No, no, no. Britney Spears for me is like Backstreet Boys for Doc Walk. I listen to it now and it sounds off key. It sounds like she's just flat like through the entire album and it irks me. I don't know if it's just me. I've got old and I've aged it's out you. of it or it's something. It's just you. But dude, I I hear it. And it sounds horrendous to me. No, I, w- see, I wanted to go see her live show in Vegas before she quit. Like I trust me, I, I bought the first album because of the poster sure. that I could put up on my bed. But the, yeah, the the album, man, I just hear it now, and it just it's like nails on a chalkboard. I I will take that and I will flip it, and I would say Christina Aguilera's first album because that wasn't really who she was. Mm-hmm. Like that's fair. She was trying to compete. With Britney Spears, so and her she album was, was like she was dirty as she yeah, said. No, she Britney Spears album in yes. the dirty album. Like, that, that video is still one of my favorite videos to this day. The Brit uh, with Redman, with Redman, yeah, <laughs> where they're all like crazy. in the they're all like in this Mad Max world, right? Yes. When, we, when we take this to the 2000s, guys, we're gonna well, you know once we run out of 90s stuff, we're taking it to the 2000s, and that's trouble. It's gonna be that's, good. That's my problem. Can't wait for that early two thousand hip hop. That was my high school jam. Oh, that was a time. So, I think this was honestly so good, and I hope that people stuck with us for the whole hour and a half because there was this was really really good for me. I hope you all appreciate it. I was I've been looking forward to this for days, for days. This was fun, man. I was so glad to have Doc here. Yeah, Doc. Hey, so glad to have you. You are welcome to come back anytime. We would love Whenever to have you. Whenever you want me, guys, I'd love to be here. Uh, we got a couple of other stuff. We got a couple of great. I mean, you've Doc's seen the list of shows that we're probably going to work on, and we're gonna we're gonna extend some of those. Uh, we, I kind of I kind of want to take it to a sports one uh, with Doc soon. Oh boy. Uh, I know both of y'all were too young for the Dream Team though, so I'm not so sure. But like that's that's what I'm excited about. I've done my homework. Okay. I've that's what homework. I told him, dude. Like I know all about the Dream Team. I just wasn't like living them i wasn't oh, focused on it wasn't yes. like well we'll save that for in a few weeks we're going to talk about it because that's going to be one of our first sports ones we're going to do the dream i team. can talk about jordan though i hated him through the 90s 
absolutely despised him. A lot of people did, but they won't admit it because they rather uh, dislike LeBron. But we don't have time. Yo, yo, yo. Gonna... Save that. Save that for an upcoming episode. Y'all, I I appreciate everybody coming out and listening to our podcast. We are, you know, again, I'm sorry we were down for two weeks, but uh, one of those is my fault. One of those is on chat. Uh, I think I think Doc's going to become a regular. I think we're going to have Doc on pretty once in a while because I like him. I, like I think Doc needs to come up to Pizza Shack. We need to have a we little, we'll, little three-way powwow. Listen, I tried I to. Smell like. I tried to. I tried to get Doc to come to Zaxby's in Noblesville, and he's like, "I don't leave Marion or Muncie. I don't leave Muncie." But you know what? That some uh, a Zaxby's wings and things combo doesn't sound bad right now. Okay, if you want to go to, no- I don't live in Noblesville anymore. I moved. I know. I I know. But I'm happy to jump on. Uh, like I know how to get there. I used. To, I mean, that's. <laughs> I'll pick no, up I'd rather go Pizza Shack. Let's let's make Pizza Shack happen. All right, we'll make... I was going to say, or you go buy the Pizza King and we'll come on down. Yeah, come on down to Pizza King by Ball State and uh, just bring your wallets as well. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we got another one. This one will go live on probably Monday or Tuesday, depending on how busy I am at school. I want to use COVID as an excuse because my life is, is crazy. Uh, but uh, check out Doc Walk's Twitter. Make sure you're following him. He's got all kinds of good stuff. Uh, they do some esports stuff at Ball State, which is cool. Uh, Chap, you know what he's up to. He's talking about sports. Chap got to spend an evening with me in the press box at a Tipton football game a couple or last week. How'd you enjoy that experience? That game was fantastic, man. I thank you for hooking me up and getting me in there. It was good to see the uh, the Western Panthers and Tipton Blue Devils. Uh, I'd, I'd take a game like that every week, man. Those guys are awesome. Do you think the guy on the mic was a little bit too much of a homer? No, I think the guy on the mic, everybody needs that guy. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm going to sign off the stream. Uh, everybody, thanks for coming out, listening to the podcast. Share it with your friends. We you know, we want to spread the love of the 90s and give you all – normally we say 45 minutes, but tonight you got an hour and a half distraction from politics. We were trying to go long enough. You didn't have to listen to anybody's debates or town halls or any of that. So have a – Have a great night, and we'll see you all later. Take care.